This episode is supported by Bounty Kitchen, one of my absolute favorite Seattle restaurants. Bounty Kitchen is no joke an extension of my own kitchen, except that there's so much fresh, local, organic, and tasty stuff on the menu that it takes me forever to decide what I want. The good news is you literally can't go wrong. Check out greens, beans, and grains dishes like the braised beef bowl, or dive into the vegan and dairy-free Marrakesh market bowl, or try one of my personal favorites for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the hot liquor bowl. There are also soups, salads, sandwiches, scrambles, and of course, toast, all infused with the deep love and commitment of founder and co-owner and my friend Meg Trainer and her team. Visit Bounty Kitchen at 7 Boston Street in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood or at 801 Lenora Street in Denny Triangle. And check out my interview with Meg on the podcast last year to learn more about her personal health journey and the inspiration behind Bounty Kitchen. I finally did it. I did the dream of what I always wanted to do, and all of a sudden it was backfiring on me, and I was really sick. And I was, I was absolutely not taking care of myself. And it, it, you know, it could have fallen apart. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm executive coach and lifestyle expert, Lara Dolch. And each week, I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, mindset, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover new insights that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Hey, podcast listeners. I'm taking a break this week from recording the podcast to work on another project, but I thought you might enjoy my interview with Meg Trainer, the founder of Bounty Kitchen, a sponsor of this podcast. Meg and I sat down at Bounty Kitchen last February to talk about her journey as a restaurateur and busy entrepreneur struggling to prioritize her health and well-being while growing a thriving business and community, and about the transformative power of mindfulness. We also talked about how Meg turned things around when she found herself living her dream, but too sick to enjoy it why Meg thinks that eating local is important to your community and to your health, and how the 2008 economic downturn set Meg on the path that led to Bounty Kitchen. Before we get to Meg, though, I have a favor to ask. I really want to hear from you. If you haven't shared your thoughts in my listener survey yet, please take a few minutes to do that now by visiting lauradolch.com slash podcast survey, which will take you to a short Google form. I know you have stuff to say, but I've only heard from a few of you. And since I produced this show for you, I need to know what you think to make it better. Otherwise, I'm kind of just shooting in the dark. So thank you for taking a few minutes now to fill out that survey. That URL again is laradolch.com slash podcast survey, which will take you straight to a Google form. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, enjoy getting to know my friend Meg Trainer. She's amazing. So today we've taken women on the rise on the road and I'm sitting at Bounty Kitchen with the owner, Meg Trainer. Thank you so much for being here, Meg. Oh, thanks, Laura. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> we've had variations of, of lots of conversations over the over the couple of years that we've known each other. But we have. But yeah, I'm excited to share you with um, with my listeners. So so actually, given that um, not everyone listening uh, knows what what uh, Bounty Kitchen is and is maybe isn't even in Seattle, can you start there and just talk about you know what Bounty Kitchen is and and why you opened it? Bounty Kitchen is a um, in the easiest sense, it's a farm to table restaurant with a focus on healthy eating. Uh, when we uh, were in development, I 
was trying to define it and name it. And uh, with the idea that we, we would be serving healthy food, uh, I kept coming back to that we're celebrating the bounty of the Cascade region, that this, that, that was the idea, that most of our food would be from local producers, local farmers, and, uh, and celebrating that bounty. And so before you know it, bounty kept coming up, and then it was, so it was Bounty Kitchen. Yeah. Why is that so important to you, the, the sort of local producers and the farm to table? Like, what is that? Um, I guess my question is, how does that factor in from a local perspective and, you know, on, on a, in a bigger picture perspective? Well, I think, uh, so it's probably important to know that before I opened Bounty Kitchen, I spent six years working for Whole Foods Market. And even though I had been in food and beverage my entire career, about 30 years, that six years with Whole Foods Market really shaped my belief towards uh, food, sourcing, working with um, producers, and they're generally live in your neighborhood, they live in your community, uh, their products are usually a little bit better, you're reducing food miles, which is um, critical, and you're getting a better product, and you're then building your community, so everything, and through my experience with Whole Foods, I was introduced to so many of these um, vendors and almost every producer and vendor that I worked with at Whole Foods is part of our program here. So uh, very deliberate with each item. For example, like our chicken is from Draper Valley. We were, I worked with Draper Valley at Whole Foods. Our ham is from Olympia Provisions. That was, um, I thought, the highest quality product. Uh, and that was really important to us when we were in development. Yeah, and what do you feel like the you know connection between farm to table and health is? I feel like that connection gets lost sometimes. Like obviously the quality of things when they're local, you know, as you said, they don't travel as far. But can you talk a little bit about the what you view as the connection with health? Uh, I think the closer your food, you, you, the closer you are to your food source, the, the fresher the food is, mm -hmm. and the fresher the food is, I think the healthier it is for you. I think the philosophy of that goes deeper, though. If you know who's producing your food, you know what techniques they're using, um, you know that they're supporting a family, and your your contribution supports their family, and it creates this local uh, spirit that's very cyclical. Uh, I think when you're using local products too, you're also, um, you have some constraints that I think are naturally perfect in seasonality. So you, yeah. um, you know, here in Washington, we have very definitive growing cycles. And for example, uh, you won't see a tomato at Bounty Kitchen until May, maybe June. And if it's a late season, yeah, we stay to it. Last year, we didn't bring our bread salad, which is our number one bestseller, back until the end of June because we didn't have tomatoes in Washington until the third or so week of June. Uh, and then the end of September, they're gone. Yeah. This year, though, it went a little longer. We had tomatoes till October, and we just kept saying, okay, one more week. <laughs> uh, okay, one more week. And people are like, when is that salad leaving? And I'm like, well, I don't know. The tomatoes are still pretty good. We had a very late season for a really beautiful heirloom. So it's, it's making those decisions. And then once the tomatoes and the corn um, of summer are gone and the fresh basil, um, those things leave our menu. And then it's what's next. 
So right now we just brought on um, some really delightful baby carrots, uh, and they. Um, they're a, an exciting winter harvest. Yeah, and, totally. you know, there's a we're, we're in winter, so you're really dependent on um, hardy greens, uh, kales, shards, collards. Do you know, I love. <laughs> I love the hardy greens. Dark I mean, luckily, I mean, we get greens all year long in in this region. Um, so things like that. Uh, I, the farthest I will source is California. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's sourcing further from California, we have to ask ourselves how important is it is. So we've taken away foods. For example, last summer we took away avocados and that was a real, it's, we're still, it's still a challenge for us. People are very unhappy and they're very um, concerned as to why we took away their favorite food. But and can you talk about that, why you decided to do that? We did. So the, um, the droughts in California have um, really just taken their toll on the avocado crop in California. So the, the the majority of the crop, and it really only grows in Southern California. Uh, then it, uh, the, most of the sourcing was coming out of Mexico. Um, we started noticing last summer the quality was going down, the price was going up, and then there were some socioeconomic uh, issues around. Uh, the drug cartels had gotten their hands in, it's a high cash crop, so they did it with limes a few years ago, now they're doing it with avocados. So, you know, the quality's gone down, it's a water rights issue, the price has gone up, now the drug cartels have their hands in it. I just, in good conscience, couldn't continue to, to sell avocado toast. And, uh, and it was our number one bestseller. So it was a really hard decision, uh, but we made the decision. There's, as, as another friend of mine at another uh, wonderful restaurant here in Seattle, Juicebox, said to me, there's a million things you can put on top of toast. And so we've really been having fun with exploring that yeah. um, and helping to shift people's ideas around food. If a food is problematic, I don't care how much you love it, we need to ask ourselves, is this something I can live with? Yeah. Uh, we're excited, I'm doing a lot of research. There's a new uh, uh, variety coming out that's uh, called a gem avocado. It's a um, hybrid of the Haas avocado, which is very famous in Southern California. And it's designed, it's a little bit smaller, but it's actually meatier in fruit. And it's designed to grow a little bit further north, so the Central Valley. Uh, and so we're keeping an eye on that, and we hope that um, that might be a viable solution. So unfortunately, no matter what we do, I don't think we'll grow avocados in Washington. So that's something that I would maybe, but we look at all of those things. Yeah. Well, and that actually leads me to another question, which is that, you know, obviously, just from the way that you're talking about this, there's a very personal connection between you and your business. Like the decisions that you're making are coming from a very personal place. Can you talk a little bit about that, about your personal journey and how that factored into Bounty Kitchen's birth, yeah. <laughs> so to speak? Uh, so in 2009, so I had been in food and beverage my whole life, mostly in restaurants, uh, and I love the restaurant industry. Um, but right after the economic downturn of 08, uh, there was, um, restaurants were really hard hit. People weren't eating out. It was really hard to get a job. I found myself in a situation where I left a long time job um, to try something new and I, it was like musical chairs. The music stopped and there wasn't really a lot of chairs for our industry. And I was, you know, I feel like got the golden ticket and got hired in 09 with Whole Foods Market and uh, a really dynamic position um, here in the Pacific Northwest region. So I was part of a team that oversaw the prepared foods 
department in the stores um, in this region, which is the Pacific Northwest. So the state of Oregon, the state of Washington, and then um, Vancouver, British Columbia. We had four stores at the time up there. And uh, my really very first project was helping roll out a healthy eating initiative with Whole Foods in 09. And it was life-changing. I'm a woman who has struggled with my weight and eating and dieting and self-image my entire life. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, periods of skinny and periods of weight gain and uh, aging and high-stress positions were, you know, taking their toll. I was in my mid-40s and... uh, all of a sudden, I was working on a healthy eating initiative, and we were working with some of the brightest minds in health and nutrition in the country right now, uh, some doctors and other nutrition folks, and it was eye-opening for me. Uh, the program was Health Starts Here, and it changed my life, and I got to work on this really exciting program. I got to roll it out, and we had tremendous success with it here in the Pacific Northwest, and um, it was um, it was revolutionary to me, and I, it changed it changed everything that I knew about healthy eating and diet. And then that kind of coincided with starting to work with these exciting, dynamic vendors and learn, meeting producers and makers and people who were passionate about what they were doing. And it just kind of all collided. Um, in my life, and it was the, you know, I always tell people it was the best job ever. I would have stayed forever. Um, around this time, I'm traveling a lot for work, so I'm in and out of the, all these different great cities. I'm also traveling for fun and vacations, and I'm in places like Seattle, or excuse me, Portland, Vancouver, then San Francisco, LA, um, all the California, and then the East Coast, New York, and such. And there'd be these, I'd come across these really cool, healthy eating cafes that were very progressive in neighborhoods and they were, I felt really addressing the needs of the community, but in a neighborhood sense. And I would come home to Seattle all the time and be a little baffled. Why don't we, it seems like this is what people are looking for. Why don't we have more of these cafes? And so um, continuing to do the work and continuing to see a whole in the market here in Seattle, it was, that's when I started putting together the idea. And then I convinced my husband and here we are. <laughs> that was the I very the my short version, it, yeah. right? I convinced my husband it was a good idea. I, you know, the truth is he had to co-sign it in order, you know, I was asking him to cash in our, our savings and our, our life to do this. And it, you know, it's, it's a risk. I mean, anyone will tell you how risky the restaurant business is having sure. been in it most of my career. I know the risks and I also know how devastating it can be. So, yeah. You know, I'm curious, you're talking about your sort of journey with the Health Starts Here um, initiative, right? That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. At Whole Foods. I'm like, wait, did I get that right? Um, what changed about your definition or what's different now about your definition of, you know, self-care and, and well-being and wellness, however you want to define that, you know, post that experience as opposed to, you know, before that? What changed? Well, again, there was so many, there was so many events, you know, both personal and professional that came together in that time uh, that started to guide my experience. So one, you know, a chronic dieter and a woman who had achieved a tremendous amount of success, but 
uh, both personally and professionally, but yet honestly still carried um, a lot of guilt and shame around food and eating and what to eat, what not to eat, uh, obsession, mm -hmm. uh, and um, never feeling good about anything, um, you know, and never feeling confident in any choice, I suppose is the best mm -hmm. way to explain mm -hmm. that. And always the diet mentality. I don't, I, like, I keep coming back to that, but I was obsessed with the diet mentality. And I didn't wear it on the outside of my being, but it was certainly internalized. Uh, and all of a sudden, I start working on this program at the same time. I, I think for me, the diet thing had always been about image and skinny and um, looking good, a certain size, like all of that stuff. Uh, I was young enough that the health part of it hadn't really come into play. But in uh, 2011, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a, um, infl an inflammatory disease and um, one of the inflammatory bowel diseases. There's two, Crohn's disease and, and ulcerative. So it's an inflammatory disease of the um, large intestine. And I ended up getting very sick. Uh, started doing a tremendous amount of research, you know, is it stress related? Is it food related? There's a ton of, uh, and then, you know, finding it's not curable and all these other things. At the same time, I'm working on this healthy eating initiative that's really about health. The Health Starts Here program and everything that Whole Foods was working on was not about skinny or, you know, it was really health derived. And they were, these doctors were talking about reversing diabetes, reversing heart disease, um, putting cancers into remission, finding remission from inflammatory diseases, which um, autoimmunes are just all over the place now. I don't know anybody yeah. really truthfully who doesn't have some kind of inflammation issue in their lives or result or symptoms from inflammation. And I just happened to, for work, had to go to a, um, a, a health immersion with one of the doctors we were working with, which was Dr. McDougal in Northern California. And so, like, I kid you not, by sheer accident, I was scheduled to go to this immersion to study, to build, to make recipes and food for the program that I was working on about two months after I was diagnosed. And again, in this space of researching and the, the, a lot of the treatment is hideous, like steroids and mm -hmm. all these other things. And I just rejected it. I was like, there has to be something else. And I went to this immersion and I learned a tremendous amount. And I, in, after 10 days, had, came home with um, market results, market results. I'd like to tell you the end of the story as I came home from that and I lived happily ever after. But I still, um, and I, I would have periods where I would um, follow the prescribed protocol for my issue. Mm -hmm. And then I would have periods where I didn't, say, a vacation or going to a fancy restaurant that I really loved. Like, I always had these, like, little, like, justifications of why I could have something still. And over the years, I would have um, success with health, and then I would, um, I would lose my remission. So, um, and then I opened Bounty Kitchen, and all of a sudden it was a whole new world of stress and pressure, and I reverted to a lot of my old habits and unhealthy habits, so not active and exercising regularly, um, working way too much, not getting enough sleep, my food, so this, the vicious cycle went back into um, control, and I found myself last winter 
um, really sick. Uh, I got the flu twice. I had um, uh, a really bad cold. So my immune system was shot. I um, had two bouts of my UC and, um, you know, I was depleted 100, like I was 100% depleted. And in April of this last year, 2017, I recommitted and I've had, um, I've adhered to it and I've had complete opposite results. So my health is back, it's vibrant. So I feel like I'm truly living what I set out to do with Bounty Kitchen was to provide a place where people, regardless of what their choices were about their diet and their health, for whatever reason, people are choosing foods and certain foods in different ways for a myriad of reasons. And could we be that place that really paid attention to that? Um, so I really felt like I you know, took my own medicine, basically, took my own advice of why we did Bounty Kitchen. And the results have been remarkable. You know, my health is back. I, my vibrancy is back. I sleep like a rock. I eat healthy. I move. Um, and I'm excited again. You know, here I was. I found myself last year in the winter living the, like, I finally did it. I did the dream of what I always wanted to do. And all of a sudden it was backfiring on me. And I was really sick. Yeah. And I was, I was absolutely not taking care of myself. And it, it you know, it could have fallen apart. Well, and that, that makes me wonder about, you know, if you had to sort of pinpoint two or three things that you do now, obviously eating well is, is one of them, but are there two or three things that you do now every day, every week that really um, you consider your non-negotiables in terms of having that vibrancy and that energy and that excitement about your work? Um, yeah. What would they be? It's it, yeah. It, I would say it's probably the whole like the whole package. Um, it's almost like I have daily check-ins about where I am. So, mm -hmm. am I moving? Am I getting exercise? So, I live here in the neighborhood, um, so I can walk to and from work. I work in a restaurant, so we move around all day. So, I'm physically active. Um, I uh, go to yoga, and I love yoga. That to me is my other thing that has just fed my soul. So. Um, and when I do those things, um, I check in on my sleep every day. I try to go to bed about the same time every night, and I try to get up the same time every morning. I'm not, I don't use an alarm clock. And, um, but how, how was my sleep? Did I wake up during the night? What was going on? Um, I am meticulous about my food, and that's become a little challenging. I can eat really safely at Bounty Kitchen. Um, I actually do most of my cooking at home. So cooking for myself is philosophically critical to what I do. It's great to have a restaurant experience here and then, but if that's if that was my whole thing, that's not healthy. Um, I have to control what's on my plate. So most of my cooking is done at home and by myself. I think that's a really, for me, it's a critical part. Um, and then am I getting time with friends? Am I getting time outside of my business? That is still, uh, I'm, you know, uh, two and a half years into a startup. So we're probably still a little bit more on the side of working and, and that's okay. I, I derive great pleasure from my work. Um, but I have gotten friendships and stuff. So those are kind of my health indicators. And I find that if I get a good night's sleep, I eat healthy, everything, I, I make room for everything else. Um, I think the most important part of tying it all together is a mindful practice that I started um, around my food. So it, it, there's a point where you 
if you're on a diet, you're like, here's the food on the page. I have to eat this. But if you're not mindful, how does it make your body feel? How, you know, does it, it, it doesn't matter if that it's not sustainable. So I really started paying attention, um, to how I eat. Do I rush through my meal or do I savor it? Am I paying attention? How does this make me feel? How does that make me feel? All of a sudden when I did that, it was very easy to say these foods really work for me and these foods really don't. And not what some cookbook author said or some doctor said or anybody, but what is my body? The biofeedback that we get from our own bodies is so powerful. Um, and it's not for me or anyone else to, it is for me about my own self. It's not for me to anyone else to say, you should have this or you shouldn't have that, that, you know, doesn't, that doesn't work for anybody. No. But by slowing down and paying attention and my I started my mindful practice around my food. It has now gone to every place in my life. So, um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, I think that's really important for people to realize. And you and I've talked about this before, but just understanding that no one else is the expert on the way that you should be eating, but you. Right. There's no external, there's just no, I mean, it wouldn't it be great if someone could tell us, you know, exactly what to do that would make us feel the way we want to feel, but developing that skill to tune in and, and find your answers. I mean, it's a big part of my work too. And I, I love that you had that experience as part of the whole foods journey and the, it's so great that you've gotten to that place. Yeah. And I find myself really drawn now more towards thinkers around food. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Janine Roth is doing amazing mm -hmm. work. Um, I love She's her amazing. book, woman, food and God. She has her eight guidelines. I think it is. And, um, I, I, I found her guidelines really helpful when I was starting my mindfulness program. Um, there's a few other thinkers. Um, and I really enjoy, um, touching into that instead of re you know, I love to read cookbooks and I love to get doctor's opinions and listen to, uh, the great thinkers. You know, I'm a, I am a McDougaler. I, I wear it proud. Um, Dr. <laughs> McDougal is my hero. Uh, and, um, I will listen to and read everything he says. Um, uh, my experience there was tremendous. It's really one of the defining experiences of my life. Um, but more than anything, I really try to stay connected to me. My body is my body, and it gives me so much information if I pay attention and honor it and um, respond by doing what it's asking me for. It's a little woo-woo, but no, not it's at all. True, no, it's not at all. I think it's just it's just the reality. I mean, that's the experience that the the women that I work with have, and it's it, it does feel miraculous, but it's really just makes sense, right? So mm -hmm. actually, as we're kind of wrapping things up, um, I'm curious to know what's next for you, what you're most excited about, and when the Bounty Pension cookbook is coming out. <laughs> Seriously, we oh, need a cookbook. I know. I, I have, yeah, I do. It's on the dream list. Um, and generally, anything I write down on the dream list, I, I have this magic whiteboard that I write things on. And generally, if I write things on the magic whiteboard, they do, um, they do manifest. So Is it there? The cookbook oh is there. yeah. Okay. Good. Oh yeah. The cookbook <laughs> is there. Um, I have so many plans for Bounty Kitchen, and sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Right now, I'm in um, the phase of uh, building our team. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go anywhere without um, a, a spectacular team. And I really would not be here today with the joy in my heart without the team that we have. So right now, we're building our team because we are um, this summer looking at opening our second location. So that's very exciting to to grow Bounty. 
Uh, we're exploring um, opportunities to, um, in the next couple of years, to grow our own food, small scale to start out, and whatever that looks like, but start to grow as much of our herbs and produce as, as, as we can with some interesting ideas. Uh, obviously, I, I'd like to grow um, more locations for Bounty Kitchen. Yes, most definitely a um, book, but I, I always tease that the under uh, my under the surface mission and purpose is to develop leaders, and in particular, um, female leaders. So um, I'm excited to develop um, a kitchen that is um, balanced with. Um, men and women in um, kitchen leadership roles and out here um, in the front of our house uh, in leadership roles, but in particular young women. It's still a industry um, somewhat dominated by men, in particular in the kitchen, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about creating a, an environment where people are really safe, safe in every sense of the word. They're safe from harassment. They're safe from discrimination. Um, and they're safe to grow and develop. That is really my, my purpose. Everything else is um, fun and exciting, but it's really about developing people. I love that. And where can people learn more about you and, and about Bounty Kitchen? Well, I think the, you know, the easiest thing, I think there's, there's certainly articles out there. We have a website, um, bountykitchenseattle.com. But I think really the great, you know, I think the most exciting place to find is just to, you know, to come, to, yeah. ex to experience um, Bounty Kitchen. Uh, we really wanted a place where we created a, um, I, I, we talk a lot about Bounty Magic. It's our thing. Um, <laughs> but Bounty Magic was this idea that I had, like I wrote it into a business plan a hundred years ago. And that if we got the space and we got design, team, community, and the food right, we would create this sacred space of bounty magic. Um, and it's funny when I hear other people or I read, you know, a review or a Yelp and, and they kind of get it, I know, like, people will articulate it back to me and I'll be like, okay, that's it. Yeah. They got it. Um, and community being a, a huge factor, you know, you can have the greatest idea and if people don't show up and create, make that space their own, it, it just doesn't work. So when I see our community responding and they bring their kids and they bring their parents or they bring someone who, um, who um, you know, it will benefit from eating here or have fun eating here, I mean, at the end of the day, it should be fun. And then I know we've we've um, we've created Bounty Magic. So absolutely, yeah. And I encourage everyone who lives here and who comes through Seattle to, to come here. This is one of my absolute favorite go-to places in, in the city. So thank you so much, Meg. Thank so you. Cool to talk to you. That was fun. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. If you're ready now to wake up with the energy, clarity, and confidence to take on your goals, visit lardalch.com slash women on the rise to get a few resources I pulled together just for Women on the Rise listeners. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit lardalch.com slash podcast. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. It's a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Music.